we're into some interesting times. And, and, and as we're about to get into the message, and it's really interesting because as I was preparing this message, we kind of, in advance, we kind of like decided what areas we're going to preach on and things like that. And, and you know what's really interesting is that the, today's topic, what we're going to be talking about, what has been, pla- what's been planned for months, what we're going to be talking about is why small groups. We had no idea that when we planned the series that the government, because of the COVID-19, was going to ban gatherings of over 100, encouraging people to meet in smaller groups. It's as almost that like God had, had, had foresaw what was about to happen, and then God saw in time that this is what he wanted us to speak about. Why small groups? We've been doing this series here at Hamilton Elam called Why. Why church? Why does church, church exist? Why do we do what we do? Why do we have purpose? And why do we meet together? What's the purpose of that? And today we're going to be focusing on why small groups. It's, it's really interesting. It is, it is a message for this time, for this day and age. Because you know what? What's, what you've been hearing out there from the government is, is social distancing. Without they're using the words people distancing, it does not mean social isolation or people isolation. Come on, just gather together. More than any time, we need to gather in small groups. We need each other. We belong to one another. When we started our series, we, we asked that question, why church? And uh, you can go back and listen to our podcast, just, just follow the link on our webpage and listen to our previous podcast. But one of the, the first time we hear the word church mentioned in the Bible is when Peter had just declared who Jesus was. Peter realized who he was. Jesus asked, who do, people, who do you say I am? And Peter said, they said, you are the Messiah. And so Jesus answers Peter, and he responds, and when he responds, it's the first time the word church appears in our Bible. And so I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 16. So Jesus is responding to Peter's declaration that you are the Messiah. And Jesus says this, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this declaration, I will build my church. The first time church is mentioned in our Bibles. I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of death, will not overcome it. Who's going to build the church? Jesus said that he was going to build his church. And nothing can stop it. Not COVID-19, not, not death. Nothing can stop Jesus' church. So what is church? What's church all about? What does it actually mean? And sometimes we, we, we miss the meaning in our English translation. But when we look at the original Greek text that was used, the word that was used for this church in the original language is the word ecclesia. Ecclesia. Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. So what does ecclesia mean? Ecclesia simply means this. It means people who are being called out for a specific purpose. A gathering of people. Called out by Jesus. Why? For a specific purpose. What does that mean? It means this, that you can lock the doors of a building, but you cannot lock the doors of an ecclesia. You cannot lock the door of a church because it is people. You know, when we walk around town, maybe sometimes we can see a church building. Oh, there's a church building over here. There's a church building over there. That's not what Jesus meant. Church was never meant to be a building, but church are a people called out by Jesus himself for a specific purpose. You can burn down a building, but you cannot burn down the church. The church is living. It's moving, caught out by Jesus for a specific purpose. Not even COVID-19 can stop the church because church is alive. It's moving. So what is the purpose of the church? Why has Jesus called out people 
for a specific purpose. And, and, you, and I know you're, you're wondering that question. And you know what? Jesus gives us our purpose. Jesus gives up the reason why you have been called out, why I have been called out for a specific purpose. And this is the purpose of the church. And Jesus says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And Jesus states the purpose of the church. Jesus says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. I love what Jesus says next. He says this, there are no commandments greater than these. Did you get that? There are no commandments greater than these. This is it. These are the greatest commandments. What is it? Love God and love people. This is the purpose of the church. This is what you have been called to do, to love God, love people, regardless of color, regardless of, of, of ideologies. The you, the church, have been called to love them and to be a blessing. In fact, your devotion to God is measured by what you do for people. You've been called to love people and to love God. This is what we've been called out for such a time as this. Praise God. You know, if you're just streaming live for the very first time and you know nothing about myself, but who is this guy? I just, I just give you a little bit of background about me. Okay, my mother's from the Cook Islands, a beautiful island in the South Pacific, and my father is a Pakeha, Papa'a, or of European descent if you're not from New Zealand. Okay, so which means I'm the best of both worlds. If I was, a, if I was an ice cream flavor, I'll be cookies and cream. Come on, who likes cookies and cream? That's me, if I was ice cream. But praise God, you know, um, yeah, the, last year there was this ad that came out here in New Zealand. It, it, was, it was actually an ad that I found hilarious. It was very funny. It was about easing up on the drink. Because in this country, in New Zealand, we've got a binge drinking culture here, and it needs to change. This is why we need Jesus. Come on. And so in this ad, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know what the name of this ad, but I kind of call it Leave Your Mates at Home, Sam if you know this ad. And this ad kind of starts with this character called Sam and, and, he's, and him and his friend are at rugby training. And they just finished rugby training, putting on the boots and they're head, about to head off. And Sam turns to his friends and says, hey, what do you want me to bring to our get together? And his friend, oh, you know, just bring the basics, but leave your mates at home. And Sam goes, mates? What mates? He goes, oh, you know, shouty Sam. You know, punchy Sam. You know, Hit on everyone's Mrs. Sam. You may know those people already. <laughs> you know, almost got arrested Sam. Leave those people at home. And this ad is about all these types of personas that people can have when they drink a bit too much. You know what's really funny? Is that you do not need to drink to have different personas. And what I mean by that is that we all wear a mask. We all have this mask. And this mask is what we hide behind. On the outside of the mask is what I want everybody to know about me and what I allow you to know. But what's behind this mask is something that I want you to know nothing about. And there's a whole bunch of stuff behind this mask that I do not want you to know. So hide behind it. Behind it. And we all wear masks, don't we? When we're at school or when we're at work, we have this different type of mask that we wear. This I'm the cool guy. When I'm at home, I might be the serious guy. We all have these masks and for different times and we hide behind it. See, I wear a mask and what's behind my, my mask are all those places that I'm discouraged is behind that mask. It's all the places where I'm messing up 
I don't want anybody to know it's behind this mask. I'm hiding behind it. It's all those places where I'm concerned. I'm hiding behind the mask. It's all those places that I'm praying about that you don't know, which is okay because you don't need to know, and I'm not going to tell you. See, when we hide behind the mask, it's okay. It's okay just as long as that I'm not the only one who knows what's going on behind this mask. There has to be people in my life, in my, in my life where I'm able to put down the mask and allow people to speak into my life who can see the blind spots. We all have blind spots. We all have areas in our life that, that, we, that we need to improve that we don't know. We need people who can speak into our life. We need a people that we can trust and love. We need the right relationships in our, in our life so we can begin to learn to take down the mask. We need this. Because if you're the only one that knows what's going on behind this mask, there's a problem. And you know what's funny? We all know this. We all know that we need to put down this mask and allow people to speak into our life, but we're reluctant to do this. And do you know why we're reluctant to do this? It's because we've done it in the past and we got hurt. We got hurt by people we love. We got hurt by people we trusted. So we put the mask back on and we kept it on. And we've refused to, to bring down our mask because, I, because the last time I, I put my mask down, I got hurt. So I'm not going to let that happen to me ever again. I'm okay. Just me and my mask. But deep down inside, you're dying. You're dying behind this mask. If you're looking for a title, a subtitle to this message, it is this. Take off the mask. Take off the mask. If you want to find freedom, take off the mask. And, and today I want to read from a passage in the Bible where, where somebody was stuck. If you ever feel stuck? You're stuck in your past hurts. You're stuck in your wound. You've been wounded by a loved one. You're stuck. And you can't move forward. Well, I'm going to read from a passage in the Bible where I believe that, that, that this character in the Bible, he's right where you are. So if, if, if you can join with me as we look in our Bibles at Genesis chapter 11 verse 27 to 28. And it reads, This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram. I'm just going to stop there. Abram went on and God changed his name, became Abraham. And many of us know his name as Father Abraham, and he's got this great call on his life. Yeah, and some of you might know this, uh, this old song from back in the days. Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons has Father Abraham. I'm one of them, so are you. So let's just pray. No, oh, oh, my wife is looking at me now. She leads our worship, and she's saying, come on, Ants, leave the singing to me. Okay, but you, you get my point. And so this is Abram, Father Abraham. Okay, let's get back to the scripture. Okay, let's get back to the word of God. So Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran. Oh, actually, let's go back to verse 27. This is the account of Terah, Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So Terah's got three sons. Abram, Nahor, and Haran, his three sons. Haran became the father of Lot, and that's not like lots of kids. His name was Lot, Lot. We all have our own lot in life. Anyway, let's carry on. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. So here we have in this passage where Haran, the son of Terah, he dies. We don't know why he died. Could be an accident. It could have got sick. We have no idea. All we know is that he's dead. 
we know he's dead in this passage. And I wonder, I wonder, if the great call that was upon Abraham's life, I wonder if that call was meant to be on Terah's life. Because if you're familiar with the Bible, you're familiar with, with, with the saying that God is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But I wonder, I wonder if, it was, if the original script was meant to be that God that is the God of Terah, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I wonder if the promises given to Abraham was meant for Terah. I wonder. But Terah got stuck. Have you been stuck before? So as we read on in verse 31, Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set up from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. So they packed their bags and they're out of here. They're on the way to Canaan. Canaan becomes the promised land, what we know as Israel. Okay, the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. So the only way from Ur to the Chaldeans, because they were right Ur, now they're going to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, something happened. Because what's really interesting, because on the way from Ur to Canaan, there's the city. This city just happens to have the same name as Terah's dead son, Haran. So they're on the way to Canaan, and they stop off in the city with the same name as Terah's son, Haran. So in order to get to where God is calling them to go, they have to go through this place. They have to go through this place. And, and we read again. And together they set up from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, the city that just happens to have the same name as Terah's son, when they came to Haran, they settled there. But listen to this. Because where was Terah going? Terah was going to Canaan. But what happened to Terah? Terah lived 205 years. You obviously didn't have the COVID-19. He lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. He died there. He was on his way to Canaan, but he got stuck. He got stuck in a relational wound. I wonder if you're stuck. If you find you're stuck in a place, you're on your way somewhere, but you got stuck because of a relational wound. That's why in the next chapter we read that God is speaking to Abraham, and he's saying to Abraham, Abraham, your dad wouldn't do it. So I want you to take your family and head to a place that I'm calling you. You can't stay in your relational wound. You can't stay in the place that hurts so badly. You need to get out of that place. You need to go to the place that I'm calling you. I wonder if there are people listening this morning and you're stuck. You settled in a relational wound. You got stuck in the call of God because as you were going, you got to a place where something hurt you and someone disappointed you. Have you ever been disappointed before? Have you ever been hurt before? We've all been hurt before. We are all the product of our past hurts, failures, and all the good things as well. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to get stuck in Iran? Are you going to be stuck in the place of your hurts? Or are you going to keep moving in the place that God is calling you to? Because here is a powerful truth. Where you settle is most often where you die. Where you settle is where oft, where you, most often is where you die. So don't settle in your marriage. Well, there's no affection in my marriage. 
He just doesn't understand me. She just doesn't understand me. Don't settle in your marriage because where you settle is where you die. I've seen too many marriages fail because they settled. Well, this is the way that it is. And they settled. Because where you settle is where you die. So how do you get unstuck? How do we get unstuck? How do we move out of, out of a relational wound? How do we learn to take down the mask? Come on, it's time to take off the mask. How do we do this? What I love about the Word of God, it's powerful. And in the Bible is the answer. So if, you, if we can look at James chapter 5, verse 16. I love this verse. I really do. It's a powerful verse. James chapter 5, verse 16, found in our New Testament. It says this, Therefore, confess your sins, not to God. Okay, did you get that? Confess your sins, not to God, but to each other, and pray for each other. Why? So that you may be healed. So that you may be healed in your emotional wound. Because this is what, tr- what is true of every wound. A wound that is not treated will eventually kill you. Too many of us are wounded behind a mask and it's killing you, it's sapping the life out of you. Come on. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Because this is what we do. We just confess to God. So why do we confess to God? We confess to God so that we can be forgiven by God. Okay? But we confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed of emotional wounds. And many of us are like this. Well, I've confessed it to God. I'm all good. I'm fine. I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling behind my mask. I'm dying behind my mask. And so what do we do? We go, okay, God, I'm giving it before you. I'm struggling in this area. You may feel good for a while. And quite often, the next day, you find yourself in the same place again. You go, I gave it to God. Why am I still feeling like this? Because we belong to one another. We were meant to do life together. We're better together. We are the ecclesia. Love God. Love people. We weren't meant to be in isolation. But we were designed to be in community. And this is why we have what we call connect groups in our church. In your church, it might might be called small groups or life group or cell group. Maybe you're listening to the stream and, and you're not even connected to a church. I encourage you. Find your local church, get connected, because you can't do this on your own. You need to surround yourself with the right people who can build you up, not tear you down and say, well, it's your own fault, you know, you're not just, you know, just, just harden up, you know, the old Kiwi attitude, just harden up. She'll be right, mate, but it won't be. I know, I've been there before. Come on, we've got to get connected. This is why we have small groups, this is why we have connect groups. It's because as we journey with people, when I joined a small group, I got a small group. And as I journeyed with these people, as I began to learn to trust them, as, I be- as they began to believe the very best for me, I slowly learned to take my mask off, to be vulnerable before people because they were vulnerable to me. And we prayed for one another. You know what's amazing? There were people who had gone through things that I had gone through. I had no idea. I thought I was the only one. Have you ever felt like that you're the only one going through something? Let me tell you. There's somebody in the room next to you who's going, been going through the same thing, and they can help you. This is what small groups is all about, where we learn to take off our mask, having the right relationships around us, surround yourself with the right people, and learn to take off the mask so we can encourage one another. 
In fact, wherever you're sitting right now, I want you to turn to the person next to, you, next to you and tell them that I need you. Come on, turn to the person next to you. I need you. I need you. If you're by yourself right now, just turn to the camera and say, I need you. That's all good. I need you. I need you. Do you know why? It's because we belong together. We belong together. It's the ecclesia. Love God, love people. We belong together. This is the ecclesia. This is the church. It's not the four walls, but it's people caught up by Jesus for a specific purpose, to love people and to love God, to journey with people, to believe the very best for people, to pick each other up because we were meant, we were meant to do life alone because we are better together. We're better together because we belong together. That's how we find freedom. We find freedom from the areas that we're struggling in because because when we've got this mask on, we find ourselves in captivity, in prison. We're prisoners to the mask. But when we learn to take the mask off, we find freedom from the areas that we're struggling in. Come on. That's the purpose. This is the why of a small group. This is the why of a connect group. And so that you can find freedom. We're better together. We belong to one another. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Don't isolate yourself. Never neglect our meeting together, as some people do. You know, church is not about isolation. Oh, I'll just do church by myself. That is unbiblical. Because we've been called to love God, love people. Don't neglect meeting together. Come on, we, we can't meet in big groups, but we can meet in small groups. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I love this because the writer of Hebrews understood that the life that God has called us to, it's more than just a good sermon. It's more than just good worship music. But it's about community. That's our vision. Real love serves. That's our vision. It is our vision that everyone is a, a, is a part of a loving community. Everyone is part of a, a loving community because that's where we find freedom. Real love serves. Why? Because we belong to one another. Maybe you feel that, that you don't need anybody. Maybe you feel that. I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Maybe somebody else needs you. You might be thinking, well, I'm all good. It's all, it's all good in the hood but maybe someone else needs you. Maybe there's someone else who is right now where you used to be. God, he came through for you by grace. Now he's calling you because this is what God has called you to do. This is, this, this, is, this is our purpose, to love God, love people. He's called you to help people get unstuck, to pray for one another. You might, need not, you might feel you don't need anybody, but maybe somebody needs you. They need you. They need you. Why? Because we belong together. We belong to one another. You know, when we first moved to Hamilton, almost 16 years ago, in fact, over 16 years ago, uh, we knew nobody. We didn't have any family members here. We're, we're isolated. We're alone. We were broken. We were broken people when we first moved there. We, we were in a bad place. Financially, we were erect. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're in that place right now. But it wasn't until we got connected with a community we found our way to Hamilton Elam Church. And I tell you what, what could have been the most destructive season in our life became the most fruitful because something happens 
when you, be, when you come in community in the way that God has called us to be, to be people who love God and love people. And you know what? Well, we, because God changed the way that we were thinking. He changed our thoughts. You might have toxic thoughts right now. But the way that God got us through this is that he surrounded us with the right people. Because too often back then, we had the wrong people speaking into our, into our life, and then we had the right people encouraging us, believing the very best for us. I wonder, maybe there are some new people that God has in mind to bring into your life. Maybe God wants to surround you with some new people who can speak life into your situation. If, you're not, if you are not part of a connect group or small group, I encourage you, get connected now more than any other any time. This is the time. We need to stay connected more than any other time to come and pray for one another. Learn to take off the mask because we belong to one another. Come on. We belong to one another. It's time to get connected. It's time to get unstuck. We are better together. That's why God has called you for a specific purpose, to love God, love people. Why? Because we belong to one another. Come on, let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for people listening to this stream, people who still have this mask on. Father, I pray that they, they surround themselves with the right people who believe the very best in them. Father, who, who love you, he said, I love God and I love people. Help us learn to take off the mask and find freedom. Amen.